0: Welcome to Jean and Mike do the New York Times crossword.
1: Hi, I'm Jean.
0: And I'm Mike. And today we are doing the crossword for Friday, August 27th, 2021. Did you do the crossword? I did. And what did you think?
1: Well, I thought it was pretty easy for a Friday.
0: Okay, define easy.
1: 25 minutes and Ooh.
0: 2 seconds. Ooh, I did it in thirty forty. Oh, uh-huh. So yeah i well you know the the person who wrote this, Robin Weintraub, i've always thought that her puzzles were were interesting but not on the not on the hard side uh-huh you know there's some there's some crossword constructors that i see their name and I tremble in fear
1: uh-huh. but she is
0: not one of them uh-huh um, i mean it
1: was a good challenge mm-hmm. it was a good challenge but um and and there were some some kind of chal- you know tougher clues, but, but I was able to get it done fairly quickly.
0: You know, one thing that I noticed about this is it felt very factual and sort of very literal. Most of the clues, there there you know, there wasn't a lot of punnery in there. There were a few, but for the most part, you know, like, um, oh, I don't know, 10, ten across, sandpaper specification, grit, uh-huh. or... 19 across, you know, Chef Lewis who wrote The Taste of Country Cooking. It was Edna. I mean, a lot of it was just knowing stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Not a lot. I mean, some of them, like 24 down brain power was telekinesis. But in a way, I mean, that's, that's, right, the power of the mind to be able Mm -hmm. to move things. Mm Mm-hmm. So it sort of seemed very literal to me. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So, which I didn't quite... You know, I always enjoy it when you sort of have to dig to get a clue. Uh Uh-huh. But... I guess I won't complain about a 30-40. It could just mean, though, that Saturday is going to be a killer. Oh, I hope not. Yep. There's only going to be one black square. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't. That's
1: know. a puzzle I would like to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd like to solve it, but I'd like to see it.
0: Well, I did start off poorly because one across what takes a licking and keeps on sticking. I started reading that and I saw what takes a licking and keeps on I just assumed it was ticking uh-huh. and I wrote down Timex. Oh, and no. did, and didn't get too far. Nope. But you wouldn't. I wonder who else did that. Probably just me.
1: <laughs> well, I must admit, I thought that's what it said too. Uh-huh. But then I but then I noticed it was um uh, it had a question mark, so I read it over and I'm like, "Oh, sticking. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: No, because you see, because the, I mean, the S even starts at the beginning of the word on the second line of the clue. Uh-huh. And so I just, I just glossed right over it. Uh-huh. But, but two down was Mahjong piece, which is four letters in tile. I mean, they've used that quite a lot. And uh-huh. that's, that's sort of a rock solid sort of, sort uh-huh. of answer there. So it's like, can't be <laughs> Tatumix. It's got to <laughs> be something else.
1: Uh-huh. Well, uh huh. Well, under right under that 14 across, choreographer who posthumously received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2014. I put Fosse, Bob Fosse, but then I had an S and an F. I got stamped right away, but mm. then I put Fosse, but it was actually Ali.
0: Yeah, who I don't know. Alvin Ali. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, he's a choreographer.
0: The one beneath that, Stargazer's Need. I, I tried for Telescope oh, to start, too. but then it turned out to be Clear Skies which yes. was which was fun.
1: Yes, uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: And the one the one beneath that I thought was sort of a little crass, hookups for a camera, sex tapes.
1: Uh-huh. It's like,
0: okay, that was the one, I guess that was supposed to be the funny clue. That uh-huh. was the funny one, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, uh, uh, six down, that was sort of clever. Stuck up couples at weddings. Right. The
0: cake toppers. You know, I started thinking about that right away, though. Where I, I just thought of... I thought it had something to do with, with, with the figurines on the cake. I don't oh. know why, huh? Just maybe because maybe because I had the K of clear skies. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking, oh, it's cake, something to do with cake.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I did not know six across, immediately bars that close. It's like all of them, but it turned out to be coda. Uh-huh. So
1: Well, that's you know, that's in music. You always yes, play yes. to the coda and then you play the coda at the end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was rather clever.
0: Thank you for decoding that for me. Uh-huh. Um mm-hmm. first and, and and then that D of coda ran into first word in a classic song from the sound of music. So I started thinking, the hills are alive. <laughs> so I thought I thought the answer was the. the. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like, what a great clue, the answer to which is the. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it turned out to be "Doe." Yes. So that's so mm-hmm. wrong song.
1: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I thought "The
0: Hills Are Alive" is sort of classic.
1: Uh huh. Now, did you know sixteen across Greek goddess who could turn water into wine?
0: I didn't know the o-no. name. Oeno. Mm-hmm. O I do not. Kn- o E N O. Don't believe that's supposed to be pronounced in English. Uh huh. I mean, it's just like uh, enophile. The um, yeah. you know someone who loves wine. Uh huh. So, well,
1: I figure yeah, that's where the root came from, but um, I had never heard of that goddess. So.
0: No, I mean, there's Dionysus, right? Isn't isn't that the the sort of the the person who's always partying? Yes, that's the god of wine. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the goddess of wine. I guess so. What if they ever got together? Well, or... I
1: don't know if it's the goddess of wine. It's just the Greek goddess who could turn water into wine.
0: Oh. Okay, so maybe she was a Greek magician or something. Yeah. <laughs> like a Greek goddess slash magician.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Got invited to a lot of parties.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Where Dionysus was probably sloshing out the wine.
1: No doubt.
0: Um. Let's see. Yeah, I... Uh, everywhere I looked, it was, it was pretty, like... I mean, although 27 down view from the Oval Office, I thought Rose Garden...
1: Oh, me too. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, by the way, for the record, uh, listeners, uh, Gene and I always do these crosswords independently, so we are not influenced by one or the, or the other.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: So, but I mean, it, it sort of made sense.
1: Rose bushes.
0: Right. That was the that was the correct answer.
1: Uh huh. I thought forty across was interesting. Product whose name comes from the French for without caffeine, and it was sanka. Right. That was a mainstay in my grandmother's house. When mm-hmm. Whenever we'd go over there, she'd always make Sanka.
0: <laughs> always seems like a waste. If you're going to have coffee, you yeah. might as well have caffeine.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Um, I, like, I did like 41 across, as long as we're on the subject, before I forget. But again, there's another example of something that was just like, yeah, what else is it going to be?
1: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So,
0: although it did take a bit. And then 44 down... Oh, I am fortune's fool, speaker Romeo. Uh huh. I so I never. I don't think I studied Romeo and Juliet in school. I'm embarrassed to say. Mm-hmm. Did you?
1: Well, no, I didn't. But my mother was the English teacher, and and um, I just decided I couldn't. I couldn't take English <laughs> with her as the English teacher. <laughs> so, so that's why you don't. So know she Ro- taught. She taught uh, Romeo and Juliet. That was one of. The things she taught in ah. her English class, but but then she did take me to see it. Oh, so. that was good. And Hamlet too. She mm-hmm. taught Hamlet as well. But but anyway, mm-hmm. yep.
0: Um, so yeah, uh, everywhere you know, like forty six down, send an invoice, bill, mm-hmm. or preface to sharing one's POV. I like that one. I M H O.
1: Uh huh. But that's how I knew it wasn't Rose Garden. <laughs> Yeah, because I had a, a what a D there, no an E there, and I'm like, no, I had a D there, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, I thought, well, that's not right. <laughs> so,
0: but but I, I agree with your assessment that this was a pretty pretty easy for for a Friday. For a
1: Friday, yeah, but yeah. still but good. Sometimes it's kind of nice to have. Yeah. A, a more straightforward Friday. We,
0: we don't always have to be battling the crossword no. to the ground on a Friday. No, that's but, true. But like I say, based on the law of conservation of crossword difficulty, Saturday is going to kill.
1: Oh, let's hope not.
0: Well, we'll find out. Yes, so, we will. So I think that's it for the crossword. Uh, it is Fun Fact Friday. Do, 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 do. So I have a fun fact based on Thursday, where 25 across was need for making pochoir prints, and it was stencil. And so um, I was sort of intrigued and, of course, don't know how to pronounce the word pochoir, but it's the art of the stencil. And uh, simply stated, pochoir is the French word for stencil in the 1920s and 30s art deco era. The color application process of the stencil was rejuvenated by the French, bringing color illustration processes for books and prints to new, glorious heights. Hmm. This interest in exploring the stencil process came in reaction to the proliferation of machine printing and the poor quality of color reproductions in publishing. Hmm. With Pochoir printing, the hand application of layers of pigment created dazzling effects that the camera or printing press could never replicate. Earlier stencil works, typically used by decorative surface ornament, were quite primitive, with applied color areas outlined by the supporting cutout framework. New experimental techniques in pochoir refined the process using multiple layers of color applications for a single print. Pochoir printing was also easily combined with images made by lithography, woodcut, wood engraving, line drawings, or etchings, thus turning a decorative technique into fine art. Jean Saudet any relation, I don't know, was one of the foremost artists to explore and promote pochoir techniques, and his treatise, Traite des Luminaires d'Art au Pochoir, published in 1925, did much to further this art form. So I I tried to find this book. I can't pronounce it, but at least I could try and do a search for it. Mm -hmm. It's the the Treatise on the Art of the Stencil. Uh And I just, because I'd love to see it because the pictures are just glorious, but I can't find it anywhere. So um I suspect it's it's like this really rare, it's you know probably locked up in bank vault somewhere.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But um anyway listeners if you get a chance you should um uh just google Jean Sorde, that's J E A N and Soday is S A U D E and um you can read up about um Pochoir and and his treaties on the subject. Very interesting. Pictures are just gorgeous. Hmm. So I think that's it for today then. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And we'll be back again to discuss the killer crossword that's surely going to be popping up in about seven minutes. And we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.